Welcome in to the Lions Den. Spenner, you bring us in this time. Oh, I'll tell you what, your, your tones there, your dulcet tones. Ooh. I'm producing these days. To the Lions Den. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in. No, I, I, this is. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a whole week since we, we've seen each other, Tom. I know. Because road game, so we don't see each other at the stadium. We will see each other a lot this week. I know. And this, this is what makes me sad, is that uh, we have two home games. The final two regular season home games for Real Salt Lake, LA Galaxy and the Houston Dynamo. And um, I'm already getting nervous for the off-season. Even though we've got playoffs. I, I mean, I'm sure, touch wood, we're in playoffs I think if we win out at home, we get into all this on the podcast, Tom. But I think if we win out at home, I've said this the whole time. If we win out home, we'll have home field advantage in the in the first round of the playoffs. But geez, what a result over the weekend, Tom! Unbelievable, unbelievable. Considering the lineup Freddy Juarez put out, um, mm. let's let's pull that up. Um, I have to say, so when Matt Gash sends out the lineups to the media. Uh, people yep. in, in the uh, around uh, Salt Lake. Um, it came through. I don't know, late morning, and I was just like, "Oh, did you oh, know okay, what then. to make of it?" Well, <clears throat> so we don't just get the lineups; you get like the full notes of of what the uh, the guys, you know, how they're actually going to be lined up as well. And I was looking at Brooke, Brooks Lennon left back. What's going on? <laughs> um, I mean, the the, the front three, uh, four, well, I was fine with that. But the whole back line and, and the goalkeeper and your central midfield, I was like, I get it. I got it. I understood. Same but, formation. Same formation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I got it. I understood why there was changes. But when you're fighting for every point, um, particularly not just for playoff purposes, but for home field playoff purposes, I was I was kind of grimaced a little bit, but um, I think that will be the last time I might question uh, Freddie Juarez for uh, the rest of the 2019 season. In in hindsight, right, brilliant lineup because you were able to rest a number of players like Savarino, Ruznak, uh, Justin Glad, and Nader Manawoha, Nick Romando. Mm-hmm. I kind of like Andrew Putner in goal I, more so than Nick Romando right now, but. Nick Reminder's retiring, so we're not going to go there and start that, open that, that can of worms. 2020, uh, we'll talk about Andrew Putner. I, I really like Andrew Putner. Um, I think he's big, he's physical, he makes good decisions, he knows when to come off his line, uh, he's hard to get the ball past, and uh, he's young and athletic. I, I really like Andrew Putner. But uh, my, anyway, I, and I understand why, I think there's only one reason why Brooks Lennon will be playing left back. Like, there's, there is only one reason. Because he should be playing right back. But Aaron Herrera, in my opinion, and I think this is why Freddy Juarez made the move at left back and right back, is he said, look, Aaron Herrera plays, plays a much better brand of football at right back than he does at left back. Brooks Lennon, still learning how to play really left back or right back, isn't that great at right back? So let's see what he's made of at left back. And I thought I, I thought Brooks Lennon played quite well at left back. Yeah, I mean, you look at towards the end of the game that you're still pushing up quite high. You know that discipline isn't there. Uh, you know, like you would want. Um, I'd also put that the fact that um, Carlos Heel 
um, the attacking midfielder really pinches talented. in. Very, very good player. But he he pinches in. He's not really a, a wide player. So, you know, you have Portillo, you have Holt, you have Lennon. Um, obviously, you kind of row there as well. Just, uh, sorry, um, Corey Baird. You know, there was, was I'd say there's better protection um, over that side for, for Aaron Lennon. Uh, sorry, for... Um, Aaron Lennon plays for Burnley. He's played for Tottenham, uh, for Brooks Lennon. But you know, it was it was. I think it was a huge testament, and and you said this before we got into uh, onto the podcast, Tom. It was a mature performance. It was uh, from a group that wasn't very mature. Yeah, yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, I mean, you, you look at the shots, you look at the stats. I think they had. I think New England had ended up having like twenty three odd shots, maybe a few more. But nothing really that stood out, you know, hardly anything on target. Um, and I think that is a testament to the the, the two blocks uh, of two, Portillo, Rowe, Holt and, and Silva, and then Andrew Putner, who was in goal that, um, you know, again, we'll talk about him in 2020, but he's going to be there or thereabouts. He could save Real Salt Lake a, a bunch of money, or he will definitely uh, allow RSL to use Nick Romando's funds um, and 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 get somebody uh, in that, is, that has experience that can continue to teach him and David Ochoa, um, you know the 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 ropes about being a first uh, first choice goalkeeper. But right now, those those two guys, you got to feel pretty good about Ochoa, who's who's done very well with the Monarchs and the under twenties U.S. Men's and under twenties uh, national team, uh, and Putner, who has has done everything asked of him when he's gone down to the Monarchs. Um, and this is, again, a testament to the Monarchs. These guys are super fresh. It's competitive football, uh, and that's all you can ask for is that Ochoa and, and Putner are getting the valuable minutes, um, and, and when they're called upon, um, they are, they're fresh as a daisy. So this is you know, one of the, the, the many benefits of having the Monarchs, and I think you'll start to see that a little bit more as the squad down at the Monarchs gets a little bit younger, more academy products start to come through, playing up at a higher level. Sure, maybe the results tail off a little bit, but the philosophy that is being taught in the Mon- down at the academy is going to bleed into the Monarchs and bleed into uh, the, the first team. I, I think this is where you'll start to see RSL go from strength to strength and continue to this conveyor belt of uh, young talent. I um I really hope they don't buy a goalkeeper in the off season. Uh, I hope they stick to Putner and Ochoa. To be honest, but I think there are more there are there are other positions right now that need far more help than the goalkeeper position does. Um, left back. The, left the, back needs lots of help. There, there Come on, is, Benno. There is uh, lots of... of I'm not going to say there's tons of money, but there's money that they're going to be able to be spread around. Now, whether that is you opening or, or giving Corey Baird a better contract, Brooks Lennon, Justin Gladney, any of these young players, whatever you want to 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 do with that money. Um, but there is also money available to bring in reasonable replacements. Now, I- so you know what? I was worried about the centre midfield position. Because we've talked about it, and I've kind of written a few pieces about it as well. Check them out at kslsports.com. You just click the RSL tab, you'll see half my stuff. But um, Carl, like Carl Beckerman, right, he's not, he's not the same. No, and, and he's getting older. He's 37 now. He'll be towards 38 before the start, well, at the start of the next season. Right. So, yeah. But you know what? This this weekend showed me. It calmed me down a bit that we're all right at the same. You know what I'd love to see going into next year, right, if Everton Louise sticks around? Is Everton Louise uh, get with Kellen Rowe in the centre of the park? I think that would be because Kellen Rowe, by the way, is really, really good. He's like twenty-seven. 
He oh, played yeah. over 200 games for the New England Revolution. Yep. Uh, it was the first time, in fact, he went back to Gillette Stadium uh, in RSL colours. And um, anyway, my point is, he hasn't been that great for RSL so far, but he hasn't played. It's been a stop-start season and for him. And that's really hard to find form. And even over at Sporting Kansas City, it was stop-start for him. And he's played multiple positions. You remember, this is a guy that is an attacking midfielder by trade, a wide midfielder. And I he's, think he's better central. He's played full-back, he's played left-back, um, he's played central attacking midfielder, and Craig Weibel immediately wanted him in central midfield. Yeah, I, I agree with Craig. And, I, and, and, and that's one to look out for, because Weibel was so excited to have him uh, they come and join the team. Too, huh? Yeah, so Not they're the excited to get him, him, him into the squad. I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there is an extension uh, announced for, for Callum Rowe. Uh, ASAP, just because I know the organisation loves him, loves the vibe that he brings. And again, when you're looking at him, Everton Louise, you have Kyle Beckerman, you have Justin Bortillo, you have Nick Beasler, and you also have Ricardo Avila, um, who, fingers crossed, you know, comes back from that injury. We make that that transfer permanent. You all of a sudden have six guys for two places, um, and and some of those can go up and down with the Monarchs as well to to keep fresh. Um, I think we're in very, very good shape, central midfield, defensive midfield area. Justin Portillo as well was really, really good. Yeah, I know he didn't play full 90 minutes, but he was really talented and uh, he just held his own. And he's not the biggest of fellas, but uh, he he helps control the tempo and speed of the game at that centre defensive midfield position or whatever you want to call it. But uh, he was in the centre of the park and... He just helped control the tempo, control control the ball. And, and you know what was interesting, Spenno, was... Well, you go ahead first, because I'm going to go a different route. Well, I mean, this this is where, this is where I, you know, I was absolutely amazed. And it's no slight on Luke Mulholland, because Luke Mulholland did a great job for a couple of seasons there for Real Luke Salt Lake. Luke Mulholland won't be here next year. I don't think so, no. But the fact that he came off the bench and... Really, the midfield didn't change too much, like energy-wise, impact-wise, and he still had Everton Louise on the bench, which he brought on, you know, you know, to, to basically seal the point with five minutes to go. I think is a testament to the trust that Freddie Juarez has on these guys, and and I, I think that will do Luke the world a good um, as he sees out his career with Real Salt Lake. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but you assume there's a better use of money for for what Luke is earning right at this moment in time uh, to spread around the squad or bring in a younger player. Uh, And we're looking at Academy products right now. Um, But, you know, again, it will do him the world of good. And you need these guys. You need these guys fully bought in as you go into the the postseason. As we've just seen with Atlanta United, Josef Martinez going down. I mean, they just clinched playoff. I mean, but they are not half the team they are right now without him. I mean, it's... I'd be worried if I was an Atlanta fan. They're spoiled brats anyway, let's be honest. I mean, they've won everything for the last couple of years, and, and yeah, whatever. I don't feel too sorry for them. But you look at uh, them with and without uh, Joseph Martinez, um, it, it's a completely different team. You've got uh, Kyle Beckerman that goes down, or an Everton Louise. Everton Louise is a huge loss. But a Kyle Beckerman, a, a Luke Mulholland, a, a uh, Portillo, um, a Callan Rowe, even uh, Nick Beasler if he gets back, that's a solid. That's a solid protection of your back four and and allowing your four playmakers to to go and make some plays. I really like the boys in the middle for uh, for RSL right now. Hey, couple uh, notes, I guess. So, um, Everton Louise came on in the eighty third, eighty fourth minute, Spenno, and um, all he had to do was not get a yellow card. 
It's like, oh, because now his yellow card accumulation or whatever is is wiped mm-hmm. because of his so good been, behavior. Yeah, it's been, been a fair few games. Right. And so now against the Galaxy, he can pick up a yellow card and not be suspended for the game for against the Houston. Houston. Yes. So he's good. Um, he, he he tried awfully hard to get a yellow card, <laughs> however. <laughs> Oh, you gotta love him though, haven't you? Like, he just brings a completely different vibe to the midfield. So, like, anytime there's like a half rough challenge, like he's bound to be the first one over there, and he does that thing with his hands where he like lifts them up really fast, and he, it's kind of like his Brazilian way of saying "go," you know, you know, like don't do that again, please, in a much more explicit way. But he's always the first one over there pushing somebody. Like someone made a foul, I can't remember who, late in the game, like. 90th minute, and he just comes over and whacks him right in the chest with his palm. And I'm like, Everton, my man, like, you've got to survive seven minutes, seven minutes without a yellow card, and you are coming so close to picking one up. So this is why when you... What are you doing? If Everton Louise does stay, and, you know, I think good things are happening, Everton Louise stays, this is why you probably do need that extra central midfielder in your squad throughout the season because he is going to miss games. He will. Um, but if you take that out of Everton... He's not the same. He's not the same. So what's the point? You might as well have some a little allowance there. Make sure that you have the extra guy um, that can fill to, in for suspensions. He has to time it properly. Like, you can't be, you can't be out... <laughs> With three games left against <laughs> the Galaxy in a fight for the true, very for very true. Advantage. You know what I mean. Like, I adore him though. I love him to bits. He's a menace. Is he? A, um, he's really talented as well. Really, really good. Um, so he, here's here's what was so fascinating about this game, Spinner, because I think this is the first game under Freddy Juarez where we haven't won or even really looked like controlling the possession battle. Like, since, like immediately since he took over, it was like, okay, RSL has an identity. They, yes. They're a possession-based football team. Um, and I, I, I'm like 90% sure they, they've won the possession battle. And even if it's only by a couple percent, they've still won it every single game under Freddie Juarez. But mm-hmm. this game was different. So New England ended up with 60 Yes. Percent possession to RSL's 40. And that was clearly part of the game plan because RSL weren't looking for the ball necessarily. They were okay with, uh, with New England having the ball and they were trying to spark something off counterattacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked. Nil-nil on the road with a, a pretty young and, and, and inexperienced lineup and uh, you, you're able to pick up a, a really valuable point on the road with just three games left. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't play the way you have been playing over the last month and a half. And, and I'm totally fine with that. I mean, you know, as I said, when, when the lineups first came out, I was like, oh, crap, he's just taking this one on the chin. And maybe it was, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, keeping you guys fresh. You've got two home games. You win out at home. I don't just think you're in the playoffs. I think you've got home field advantage, which is what my mindset is on now. It's not just playoffs. Um but the great thing about this is that you've you've proved that your young guys or your inexperienced guys can come in and push these these other guys. Um, you going over to the East Coast, you're playing in Gillette Stadium on the terrible turf, and it's not like the turf that we're talking about up in Portland, which is actually half decent. A plastic um, pitch. It's just a plastic pitch that you know it's a proper football pitch. Um, Why do they do that? Because the Gillettes don't care. Um, sorry, the Crafts don't care. Um, Anyway, getting off the point here, you're going up against Bruce Arena as well, um, who I think is 
one of it's it's obvious I'm not made, you know being brown, uh, groundbreaking here one of the best american coaches major league soccer coaches ever if not the best you know that's up for debate um who are also fighting for their playoff uh, lives as well now they uh currently sit uh, in the last place in the playoffs on 41 points, they do have a game in hand. They're three points ahead of their nearest rivals. So a win, you know, should probably put them in and kind of lock in the playoffs for them anyway. But uh, at the same time, you don't want to leave anything to chance. And, and you know, Bruce Arena, that, that team w- was a little different as well. I'm not quite sure why Gustavo Bow didn't, didn't start as well. I know he came on at half time, had a few shots didn't look as sharp as as we've seen since he's come up uh from South America. Um, so he d- he didn't practice all week. Mm-hmm. He had a few he had, apparently he had a few days at practice where he was unable to participate and I think it was an ankle but I'm not entirely sure. Um but the fellas on the broadcast cuz you you uh, obviously listening to the radio probably but but the fellows on the broadcast said that uh, he was always going to come on in the second half. And, and that's that's for me uh, what what I would think anyway. The, the reason I say that, though, is that he's fit enough, even if he hasn't practiced all week, to play at home and win your home games. Their next game is on Wednesday, uh, the same uh, same um, kickoff time as... Sorry, they kick off an hour later. They're away at Portland, though. So that was why my question, you may be starting on the bench in a road game uh, where you're going on a plastic pitch. It's lots of travel. Anyway. Um, so they have a really difficult schedule left. They do. Which is why you saw them push so late at the end because they felt like it was a must-win game. Which is why, if I'm Bruce... I think you've overthought it a little bit. You've got to play him. You've got to play him because he's, he's just outstanding. He, yeah. And he came on and had an immediate impact. They just yes. looked. And he, he's a strange fella too because he's not that quick. No. Nope. But he's built like a brick house. You know what? Yep. And he's quite skillful. Do you know what's, do you know what's he, funny? What's is that? that his brother, I prefer his brother as well. Who does he know? play for? He's down in, I think he's actually playing in Ecuador. He's... <clears throat> Or he's down in one of the South American countries. He's actually on loan from Boca Juniors, though. Right, and right. I've made Andy Andy Williams look at him multiple times. Um, but he know. My point is, he knows where to be. That's his. But they're both asset, number nines. They're both traditional number nines. Big boy. But his brother is like five nine, number nine. Right. Like he plays really, really huge. But I mean, you, you're right. They, they, they're not typical, not speedsters. But they, they've got a deadly eye for goal. And and you've seen that as soon as he, he came into scored. that squad. Yeah, he should have scored. He, he's he's just seven goals, one assist, Benno. Yeah, I in like a couple of games. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Sam Johnson guy. So I got beef with the team about Sam Johnson. We've harped on this forever. Sam Johnson relies on service. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. that is not rocket science, and we're not breaking any news by telling you that Sam Johnson has a hard time generating his own chances. He's a little sloppy on the ball, is old Sammy J. But when he gets in front of goal, if he, if he can pull the trigger, he's very, very good at finishing. That's, what, that's who Sam Johnson is on the pitch. But he doesn't create his own chances. Like, he doesn't... He he doesn't step over the ball and have defenders guessing whether he's bouncing at left or right. Like no, he he'll just run at you and hope you miss. the 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 service needs to be better, Spenner. The service has to be better if you want Sam Johnson to have an impact in the games uh, over the over the coming weeks. 
and it wasn't good enough again. It just wasn't good enough. There was no one clear-cut opportunity for yeah. Sam Johnson, and he's the best striker RSL had. Yeah, and, and I kind of put that down to the performance as well. You know, really, it, was, it wasn't fluid. It wasn't great. It but, was just, it was mature. It was grinding out a result. Sure. Could we do better? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because we played counter-attacking. We played mm-hmm. what we should always play on the road. And Sam Johnson was deep in his own half when New England had the ball and uh, and were looking at, at trying to create something in their attacking third. But the second you get that ball, like, Sammy Jay's on his, he's going, he's moving, and he's quick. That's another asset of big Sammy Jay that um, I think RSL needs to do a better job utilise. Right, um, Spenno's having a hard time keeping the gas in, and uh, we'll, we'll take our one and only time out. We've got a bit <laughs> to talk about, though. Look, the MLS standings, the Western Conference standings, for that matter, are really, really tight. RSL's got maybe the biggest game. Of the year this Wednesday. Oh, it's massive. Maybe. We'll talk about that. And more coming up after this short message. Sorry about that. Minor producing mistake on my behalf. Oh, wait, no. Hold, yeah. Wait, what's going on? I turned your mic off and I didn't realise I did and then... Uh, I don't know. Are we are we good? If um if I knew how to like stop everything, go back and start the segment again, I would. I just got a uh, text message from uh, Jake Simons, RSL show. Yeah, big Jakey. It we was like a, Jake. it was it was to the wrong person though. So uh, right. I just want to put that on the podcast. So he gets a little shout out. Right. Uh, go check out the RSL show. If you don't listen to their pod, it's different to ours. It, there's no doubt about it. They um. They have a unique podcast, Spenno, do they, that the RSL show. They get into the nuts and bolts of RSL, but they also talk a lot about what's going on in their lives. They have new shirts out. They uh, do. The RSL show. I think they have a new, because um, I was listening to their, their last podcast, they have a they now have a website, believe it or not, Yep. Uh, where you can go order those shirts. Um, I'm going to say go to the com, but I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, my point, go listen to their podcast. It's different if you're a fan of RSL. And you like this podcast, you're probably going to like theirs as well. Um, a little more laissez-faire. And and we don't take quite as long. We try and get to... Vis-a-vis. Yeah, we try and get to our uh, conversation a little faster when it comes to RSL. Because nobody cares about what we do. Unlike uh, the RSL <laughs> show, they, people care about their day-to-day habits and uh, schedules. And Mitch, Josh, Jake, Jake and Andy. Andy Munoz. Andy's very funny, by the way, on that podcast. He is. He's very, he's very funny. The thing is, is that he does wear eyeliner, but it's natural. He was born with it. What do you mean? Like he came out of the womb with eyeliner on I, I believe so. Genius. Yeah. I believe you call that the Mexi-goth. Right. Like... Mexican goth. Right. <laughs> Not sure if that's racist, but we're going to move no on. Way. No No. You wouldn't. No You're way. only English. English people don't say stuff like that. Um, uh, carry on. Well, what are we going to talk about? Oh, Michael Parkhurst, yes. breaking news. Atlanta United captain is retiring at the end of the season. He will be, uh, well, 36. He'll be turning 36 in January. But uh, what a career that guy's had. Um, New England Revolution guy. I think he played in Sweden or maybe Norway or Denmark. And then went to Germany. 
Columbus Crew we played over 100 games for as well. And then Atlanta United won uh, MLS Cup last season. Won a lot of cups, to be honest with you, with uh, with Atlanta United. But yeah, he's retiring. Sad. Good no, player. No, 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 I'm going to say no, not sad. It's no, like, he's had a great career. I at know. The age of, at the age of 35. That is why it should, his career. it's a celebration. Spenno. No, I'm, I'm delighted for him. It's just a little bit sad because he's one of the first players that I really started to pay attention to, or young players in Major League Soccer when I moved moved over because I was really impressed with him right. over in New England. So this it's is just like one of those things like, like if you're a, an old fella and you die, right? let's say you make it to like 95. Fingers crossed. Um, like when you die, that that funeral should feel more like a celebration as opposed to like if you were to pass away at like, I don't know, 50 or something, like young. Yeah, no, you know, I like, like when you so. when you get to a certain age, it's like right, you can kirk it whenever, and we'll all love you and be happy because you lived a great life, and uh, if everybody could live the same way you did, this world would be a better place. And uh, when people retire, like Nick Romando, when he retires at the end of the year, it's going to be sensational. What a career! Because that was just an amazing career for somebody that nobody quite thought could do that. Uh, let's. Take a look at the MLS standing, shall we? Uh, Western Conference, which is all we really care about here uh, for Real Salt Lake standard uh, or purpose. But LAFC, they've clinched already. They're uh, on top by 15 points despite losing. Having a, bit of a, having a bit of a wobble. One. Over the last five games, they've lost just one but drawn four. See, uh, this now this is where Major League Soccer is really annoying, right? Because they are by and far absolutely just destroying the entire league. But now they can afford, because they've clinched playoffs. and They've clinched the one seed. And, and let's be honest, they'll probably limp, get over the line and, and have the supporter shield, whatever you want to talk about, right? Um, you, they're resting. They're resting. Which is dangerous, by the way. But it's also dangerous to not rest. Exactly. So this is what the playoffs give you. It, when you're that good and that dominant throughout the majority of the season, then you can take your foot off the gas and whatever. Um, I don't like it. This is where the playoffs get, annoys me because they're blatantly so good and now they get to relax and everybody else is fighting. I know it sounds like sour grapes, doesn't it? I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but I just no, don't like I, it. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, Spenner, I think what LAFC are doing, most teams would, would also do. Oh, for sure. But, but, but at the same time, like when you don't play for a while... And then you come back, like there's, there could be some rust there. There could be some rust. And they might not look like the same team at the start of the playoffs, say, as they did a month ago when they were in red hot form. And, and side note of that, we uh, wish uh, Adama Traore all the best as he checked himself into rehab. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I think it might be some, some kind of substance abuse, but he checked himself in. So hopefully, uh, wish him a speedy recovery or whatever's going on there. That's, that's never nice to, no. to read about. Um, but and, and, I, and, and this is awful of me. This is where, going back to LAFC, this is where I start to go back and, and compare everything to the rest of the world. We're not the rest of the world. It's the United States. It's different. We're different season, different type of uh, uh, format. But how much fun... And even though it was heartbreaking, how much fun was Manchester City and Liverpool last season chasing down that title? It was a lot of fun. You, you're same as Borussia Dortmund and uh, Bayern Munich. Can I tell you what time. makes the Premier League like, Klopp. so special? Jurgen Klopp swearing on uh, American broadcasts. Those goggles Again. are phenomenal. Yes, um, 
that final day. That final day where everybody kicks off at, what, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Remember that one year where Sergio Aguero scored at the death oh, and Manchester United... Balotelli's ball League? through against QPR. It was unreal. Like, that, like that, you, will nev- you may never see anything like that again in Premier League history. Like, that was special. And I also think what makes it is the relegation system. Oh, and, and the it. promotion system, like if you, because then you you you're always you've always got something worth fighting for in in Major League Soccer. You tank, there's no. You can't tank because there's no point in taking because the MLS draft is pointless. They should get rid of it. It doesn't make any sense. But there's no repercussions. Okay, maybe people might lose their jobs. There's no other draft in the world exactly. for soccer players. Yeah. No, like, what are you doing? Unless you're in the, unless you're a top five pick, invariably you're just going to be another Monarchs player type USL. Player. That'll last for maybe two. And seasons. I would, I oh, I'll retract what I was going to say. I would have given what I would love to have been able to play USL standard. I would give everything. You left. You'd give your left. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Well, I'd I go think straight. We can say stuff like that on this podcast if we don't actually say it, you know. Oh, we can we can like edit ourselves. No, like when I say you'd give is your that left, gum that you just put in right there. Yeah, and just drink a coffee. <laughs> Work on the breath. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we were going. Oh, we're talking about the draft. The draft sucks. Yeah, it's crap. Don Garber, get rid of that nonsense. And and this is a whole another conversation entirely of how RSL use their draft picks. Well, what we do is we sign all our academy products, or majority of our academy products. You look at Tate Schmidt, you look at Corey Baird, um, you know, over the last couple of uh, drafts, and they get valuable first team minutes. They've been in the organization. Aaron Herrera also, you know, sticks out. Just, I love, I love the way we're set up. I really do. I as well. And I, I would love, and I don't think the time is now. I, I, I should admit that. I don't think so. But the relegation promotion system where you, oh, have USL, you have USL clubs coming into Major League Soccer, Major League Soccer clubs going down to USL, and then you've obviously got to have a couple more tiers under that. You probably need to have at least three tiers. The issue is, is that right now people... I mean, you don't. You could only have USL and, and MLS. You, you could, could. You could. But you the could issue is that when you're buying a club now in Major League Soccer, you have to pony up $200 million. And <laughs> to get relegated straight away... <laughs> yeah, but that's the risk. And, and right? like, owner, the, owners... Nobody will con- would want to do that, right? Well, owners will continue to buy. Could, could you imagine, you know, the Cincinnati owner? That has just been absolutely horrendous. An absolute train wreck over there. Um, can you imagine just ponying up, getting your stadium sorted out, getting that built, getting getting funding, paying out all this money for DPs, getting rid of your manager, and then getting relegated after the first season? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I it's think tough. I think what they do is if if you're a first year MLS club, right, then you've got a two three year exemption. I just think that the conversation can be had more when they finally stop expanding because it's at some point uh, they can, they I have agree. to stop. I agree. I agree. Otherwise, it's just ridiculously large. That's what she said. Yes, twenty four teams so far. I said, oh, so <laughs> twenty four, twenty four um, teams so far, right. and and only more to come. We've got yes. what Austin, Miami, and Nashville uh, to come in, and I think I think there's another one. Isn't there another one that was just announced? Was it uh, St. Louis? Vegas should get St. Louis. I think Vegas are going to have one too soon. By the way, 
Yeah, let's just get them all in. Just, just get it done really quickly. Just throw it all in, and then we can start happens. figuring out the pro and, and relegation. Right. Um, all right, quick look at the standings. Uh, the Sounders in second, 50 points. Then he goes Minnesota. Lost yesterday, by the way, to DC United. Thank you, DC. Thank you, DC. DC have come in clutch, by the way. They beat Portland, was it midweek last week? In Portland, 1-0, and now they've beaten uh, Seattle. Anyway, Minnesota in third with 49 points. The Galaxy, which is why, boy, this game on Wednesday is my goodness, really big. Let me, let me just stop you. Keep, you. keep your thought. Keep your thought. I'm just going when you the look standings, at the standings. Right? No, no. When the you look at the standings. Look, to... at the standings. look at the standings. Look at the standings. Look at the Eastern Conference. Look how many play- teams have clinched playoffs. Six. Right. Look at the West. Look how tight it is. Only LA, uh, LAFC have actually officially clinched. Yes. That is how tight it is. Uh, that's, this is a, the Western Conference way better. Carry on with your standings. Salt Lake coming fifth, uh, one point behind the Galaxy, 47 points. FC Dallas in sixth with 45. San Jose, uh, 44th. They are slowly but surely plummeting. And then Portland, likewise, who are also, despite having so many home games, they're tied with San Jose on 44th. My question to you, Spenno. One of these teams, because Colorado comes in in ninth, and I guess technically they could still make it. I'm not. They sure. could if 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 San Jose and Portland um, don't, you know. But the chances are slim, right? The chances are slim. slim to none. But and, carry on. And credit Colorado, by the way. They 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 got off to the worst MLS start in MLS history through like fourteen games, um, and now they're in ninth with. Uh, Three, uh, two points rather. And our man, uh, it's our man, um, Robin Frazier. That is, well, I think he's that's four games that he's been in charge of now. Mm. Still not lost. I they think. Had an interim, and then yeah, yeah, no, he's done. He's done well. Anyway, so my my big question though is, yes. out of the let's say eight teams, do you have the standings pulled up? I do. Yes. Okay, good. So of the eight teams um, that are on that that are in contention, who's dropping? Do you think who's not going to make the playoffs? Dare I say and go out on a limb? Can I tell you who I think? Well, no, I asked you the question. Who do you think? I think FC Dallas miss out. Okay, interesting. I think San Jose. I think Mateus Almeida is done with his suspensions now. Well, he blew up again, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think he blew up again at someone. But I don't know if he's been suspended for it. But I think he got... A red card. I could be wrong. Let me quickly Google it. Do the Googler. Mateus Almeida, and then you hit the odd news button. Yeah, San Jose C3 sent off in Atlanta loss, and I think one of them was Matthias Almeida. But I'm not I'm not I, I don't I don't have that <laughs> they lost three one to Yeah, uh, they did Atlanta. lose three one. And you know, that's is what it is. I mean, Jesus Atlanta. Uh but anyway, um yeah, I think FC Dallas is the one for me. Um, you know, but again it's so tight. We're talking about somebody missing out. Um and the reason I say that is is that uh FC Dallas have played thirty two games and they are a point ahead of San Jose and Portland Timbers, who both have a game in hand. Um that's that's pretty much my only re- uh, reason behind that um, is that they there is an opportunity there that they are now looking for favors uh, to to stay in. It's in their own hands. I mean, they win out. Yeah, maybe they uh, San Jose and Portland don't uh, 
don't get all the results they need. But with that game in hand, I'd definitely be looking over my shoulder. It will certainly, though, uh, and not to be any groundbreaking on the lion's den, but after Wednesday night, it'll be a lot clearer of what's happening. And here's why I think San Jose quickly. They play Philadelphia at home on Wednesday. Philadelphia, a good team, by the way. They're third in the East. Then they play Seattle at home again, uh, who was second in the West. And then they play Portland on the road. I think that... That final regular season game, Portland at home against San Jose, could well determine, potentially, the final playoff spot. So we're in for a fun, fun next couple weeks, I must admit. We should get to the uh, LA Galaxy game uh, this Wednesday. Yes. And by the way, we're probably not going to talk that much about the Houston game because the LA Galaxy game is by far the bigger game. Uh, although if they lose to LA Galaxy, Houston becomes a really big game as well because that's must must. And then win. we're looking at the last game of the season where Houston play LA, LA Galaxy at Houston. We're looking for favours there as well. But yeah, carry on. Wasn't that isn't this like yes. similar scenario to last year? I think uh, LA or was it FC Dallas that so LA LA Galaxy RSL, and then the Galaxy play Vancouver. We play Houston, and then they play Houston, and we play Vancouver. Van- oh, man. <clears throat> a bit of rock, paper, scissors for you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, my point is yes. uh, the 2009 MLS Cup champions team uh, are going to be in town. Yes, awesome. All but one player, right? One player's not coming. I don't know who's coming. Yeah, I heard that one, one of the players refused to come. Uh, I thought. I heard that. Oh. Argentinian. Forget his name now, but he's probably sitting on his porch with a cigar in his mouth enjoying whatever you do in Argentina. Um, a spindler? I don't know. I can't remember. The, I can't remember who it was now. Anyway, my, and um, it better not be Javier Morales. No, it's I, not because <laughs> he's getting. That's uh, the whole idea. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting on. his name put up in the rafters, uh, up in the lights of mm. uh, Rio Tinto. Do we know where his name's going? I, I thought it was right next to Jason Crisis. It probably would be. I imagine that would be uh, where it goes. But regardless, it's it's going to be a really fun and exciting time we'll be hanging out with the players we will and i should pull up that email to give all of our listeners some details as to where we'll be uh but in the meantime spenner you can continue talking about the la galaxy and i guess the 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 champions that are coming back to town 10 years eh? 10 years ago can you believe it uh it's makes me feel old because i was up in seattle i mean there's no bigger uh no bigger team in major league soccer um, history-wise, in my opinion. I mean, MLS Cup champs in two, uh, 02, 05, 11, 12, 14. Um, you know, just the team that they have, though, as well. Um, maybe not as balanced as Guillermo Barascolotto would like at this moment in time. Give him another transfer window uh, where the money might be able to be spread around a little bit more. But you only have to look at one man. Really? I mean, Christian Pavon has is, is been amazing since he's come up from, from uh, Boca Juniors, absolutely. But Zlatan Ibrahimovic, at the age that he's at, he, what is he? He's 37. Amazing. It'll be 38 start of next season. And he just is a, a, a specimen. And the goals that he scores, it's just... Ugh. 22 goals uh, last season. Um, with 20, uh, 27 games, uh, 27 goals this season after 26 games. I, I just, yeah, phenomenal. So he's not the same player he once was 10 years ago. There's no, no doubt he needs his it. runners. He needs his runners. Right. And because, that's what Pavon has, has done for him. Right. Uh, Atunia, um, you know, the, the, the players that are around him. Absolutely. Uh, you're spot on there. 
Um, because he used to be able to attack defenders, beat them with his speed and skill. Nowadays, he just knows where to be. I mean, it's like Chris Wondolowski. He's just, well, I shouldn't put Zlatan in the same conversation as Chris I was Wondolowski. I say he might not enjoy that. No. I hope hopefully, Zlatan didn't hear that. He definitely listens to the podcast. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anything Zlatan related, he'll Google search himself, and I'll tag <laughs> Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the podcast. It'll pop up in a Google search, and we may hear from Zlatan next week. But, um, Anyway, no, he's, he's just really clever, isn't he? And, he? and he's still got the touch, and he's still got the skill. It's just he doesn't have that speed <laughs> to be able to uh, mm-hmm. beat the fence. Okay, so here's the details regarding the, the, the game um, this, this Wednesday. So mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be uh, on the plaza, which I believe is on the uh, east side of the stadium. East side? Yes, east, east side of the stadium starting at 5.30. So you, the MLS... Uh, cup team, 2009 MLS Cup team, will arrive at 5.45. And they'll be signing autographs for the fans, which is really, really cool. Oh, wicked. Like, for the fans to be able to go and get Javier Morales' signature. Uh, Carl Beckman won't be there, but, uh, you know, Chris Winger, some really, really influential players. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Grabovoy. Uh, That'll be Ned, but carry on. Ned, sorry. Uh, I was saying Nat, Nat Borchers. That'll be awesome. Good. Um, Hamilton Lavi be there. Uh, I'm sure Nick Romando won't be there. Obviously, no, so Nick and, uh, Nick and Kyle won't, but uh, everybody else will. I think the fans hopefully will really enjoy that. That starts at five thirty on the plaza, and then we'll be there as well. Yes. Um, maybe signing autographs, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> I don't think everybody wants us our autographs. In fact, but, uh, come say hello. At we'll, least. we'll have a table. Is my point. We'll have some KSLSports.com. Uh, hats and shirts and some cool little items for you to take with you. Uh, the RSL show is going to be there as well. Maybe um, we'll record. Maybe we'll get some recording gear and get some interviews. Right. Let me work on that. That would be oh. good. Yeah, that's brilliant. We should have thought about that that about a week ago, but um, and not on the podcast right now. Right now, because now, I like when we start thinking on the podcast. Mm, though. Well, it's really the only time during the week I think is when we podcast. Well, the other time we communicate is usually abusive texts to each other. Yeah. By the way, England and Australia won in the opening rounds of the uh, World FIFA, Cup, yes. World Cup uh, Rugby World Cup. I just said FIFA World Cup. Right, not thinking. Um, <laughs> but yes, they but did. Who you. did England beat? By the way, England... Tonga. Oh, they beat Tonga. They, my word. I, I'm not going to lie. Sorry, listeners. The first 10, 15 minutes, the Tongans absolutely annihilated England. Really? The tackles were ferocious. You'll, like get, you'll a, get that from Tonga every now there and was, again. There was a couple of English guys that come up from tackles and were wobbling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you knocked, anyway, carry knocked on. To the, knocked to the head. Um, oh, yeah. England are ranked third in the, in the world, by the way, in rugby at the minute. It goes it's Ireland's hard. first, believe it or not, then New Zealand, although I still think New Zealand's probably going to win the whole thing, yeah. and then uh, England's in third and Australia in sixth, for crying out loud. But they beat uh, Fiji. Beat Fiji. Yeah. Bit, bit of a, a, a scare there, early doors for Australia, but, you know, the class show, th- show through. The, the big game for Australia will be against Wales in their group. Um, Wales, were I think, playing, I think they were playing Georgia this morning. I know. Anyways. Anyway, it's fun. It's in Tokyo, which is, which is kind of cool. Uh, but the Plaza, 5.30, will be there. The MLS oh, yes. champions will also be there. Wales beat Georgia 43-14, but carry on. Wales we'll be at the, we'll, uh, we'll be at the Plaza. We'll, yes. have, we'll be messing around with the RSL guys. Good to see the old players. Yes. Definitely come and say hello. We're not Please. signing autographs. Come and get some free gear. Yes. Some swag. Yes. Hate that. No, hate that word, by the way. It's terrible. I don't even know what it meant until I moved over here. Swag. Yeah. Hate it. 
Uh, but uh, we digress. And uh, sounds like you got a sweating problem. But carry and on. the match starts at seven thirty, I believe. Again, seven thirty kickoff. Yes. So, uh, the plaza will uh, shut down at uh, about seven fifteen. The team's going to leave at about six forty five. So you have an hour window. They'll they'll arrive at five forty five, and then they'll leave at six forty five. Yeah. So you've got an hour to come, hang out, get in line. Get your get your shirts and your jerseys all signed, mm-hmm. uh, your kits, and um, and get ready for the for the big game. Is it the biggest game of the year? Uh, right now, absolutely. Well, because you look at the remaining games on the schedule, right? Houston should win. Vancouver, despite it being on the road, should also win. You should, but so, I never put anything. What we've seen the last couple of seasons, nobody does you any favors. Sure. So I think personally, it's the biggest game of the year. Hundred um, percent. And and the Galaxy are a, a really really solid team. Zlatan obviously headlines them, but throughout their entire spine, they're quite talented. Although I don't rate that goalkeeper. Oh no, goalkeeper's crap. What's his name uh, again? David Bingham. Yeah, yeah, not not a massive fan. But Pavon, he's going to be an absolute nightmare for whoever's going to be left or right back. He'll swap swap uh, swap flanks, and as we've seen, Zlatan will bully any central uh, defensive partnership. So I, can, I can't wait to see Zlatan and Nadem oh. go up against each other again. 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 Take two. I love that matchup because you know there'll be fireworks. Um, quickly, Spenno. Yeah, yeah. Predictions? Well, we should, but let me just get the, mo- the, the producing monitor. Voila. Are we doing both scores? Sure. All right. <sighs> you want me? Who do you want? You want me? I'll go first. All right. Should we just do the LA game first? And then LA game, then Houston. All right, LA. RSL. 3-1 winners. Wow. I'll go 2-0. Uh, RSL. Houston. I'm going to go 3-0. I'm going to go two shutouts. Wow. Two in a row? Nicky Romano row. just extending his record? He's coming to the end of his regular season career. I- I'm not going to put it past him. I think he's going to put loves it on a show. sheet. Um, four nil, Houston. Four nil to RSL. Wow! I think and we, I think we pump them. So you know what's really daunting about this week? Quickly is, uh, um, there've been a lot of games over the last two weeks. You played midweek matchup. Who did we play last Wednesday? We played somebody. Did we? We didn't. Oh no, we didn't. We had a full break. So uh, yeah. sorry. We played uh, Saturday. We played New England as we talked briefly about earlier Wednesday matchup against LA then you've got Houston uh, Houston game sorry oh, music back on jeez against um, start talking now Houston yes so I mean that's three games in a matter of a week I think if you win out at home and this is what has been my point and I said it a million sorry, eight, times eight days not a week yeah because it's, I mean, it's a Sunday game against, against Houston. Houston you win out at home at six points, you're on 51 points. Is that right? I think you're on 51 points. I just closed my laptop. If you win out at home, and I think that's where you start resting up in Vancouver. Okay. Ideally. I think you have. If you've clinched playoffs. Playoffs, and you've got home field advantage, I should say. Uh, depending on, on results. 47 points right okay, now. Okay, so you're 50, uh, 53 points if you win out at home. I think that's enough to clinch home field advantage if it's mathematically possible, and then you can you don't have to play everybody in in uh, Vancouver. And quickly, prior to the season starting, you said fifty four points. I did, yes. 
pretty good for me. But if they go, if they okay, win out at there, home, yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they win out at home and then can pick up a draw on the road against Vancouver, 54 points. So, all right, that's all she wrote for us. Um, we appreciate you guys dealing with us for, through 48 minutes. If you've lasted this long, don't forget to rate <laughs> and subscribe to the Lions Den Found. Also, course. check out my column on uh, KSL, yes. the EPL column. Every Ooh. week you do that. Yeah, usually Tuesdays is out. Tuesday or Wednesday it will be out. And uh, you've been enjoying that. You you highlight three Premier League games a week. Yes. Um, and what's, do you, have you been keeping a tally of your record? I need to go back. This last week was terrible. You didn't yeah, pick my, them well? I, no. Well, I, I got the type of results, not the scores, right? right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, Whatever. Anyway. Just read it. KSLsports.com is where you can find that. KSL Sports, by the way, your one-stop shop for all your sporting needs here locally in the great state of Utah. Until next time, we say so long and goodbye. This has been The Lion's Den.